Hi there, and welcome back to The Fuse Show. I'm your host, David Tran. I'm also the co-founder of Exfusion.io, and today I'm joined by Darren Trousdell. He's the chairman and CEO of Now Vertical. He's a serial technology and digital media entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience founding and growing companies across data analytics, fintech, and media industries. Thanks for joining us on the show. Great. Great to meet you. Thank you. So I've noticed you've done a lot of things in the tech industry across a very, like a pretty wide variety of types of companies. Like what's your favorite, what's your favorite part of it all? Well, there's so much and so much of it's fun and challenging, but my favorite part is I like to start and build things from the ground up. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, you get small team, big ideas, impossible challenges and tasks and, I think when you're, you know, up against that, the best ideas and the best outcomes happen. And then, you know, if all things come together, you end up having something special. And hmm. that moment is fun to be part of. So how do you, how do you find ideas to pursue? Do they, do you have more ideas than time or do you have more time than ideas? Yeah. No, that's a great, great question. The, there's ideas coming up in everyday life, you know, when you're with your kids or when you're playing a sport or whatever, these, these ideas are coming to me at least, mm -hmm. um, you know, things that should exist that don't exist. And then you research it for a minute and see, oh, there is something like that. That's cool, but it's not done the right way. I think a lot of these great ideas that, you know, and these companies that are emerging today are born from that moment, you know, solving people's problems. And I think that's the way I look at the world, you know, what, 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 is a good solution to a big problem. Mm -hmm. And then you go down the rabbit hole and you know, you're not going to be where you thought, but you end up in a really cool spot usually. And it's fun to do. Earlier, you mentioned small team. Do you like to take the same small team between all the companies you work on? Or do you assemble a new small team based in the niche? I, I work with the same people for the most part in different, I have a, you know, in, in a couple of projects I'm on now, I work with people I've worked with for over 10 years. Um, so I, at the same time, I do always like introducing new people into the process because that dynamic creates better outcomes and creates a hmm. better, you know, a, a better process and you learn from other people's experiences. Um, and every time we put the, you know, the band back together and add someone new to the band, the band just gets better and better each time. How do you meet them originally? Um, through personal networks, it starts through personal networks who then, you know, you build the work relationships, then people go on and do different projects at different times. And you stay in touch with, with people you like working with. And hmm. if you like working with people, you, you, I, from my experience, you just end up finding your way back to the same people. Hmm. You know, one, one person on my team now in our finance group at now vertical, we worked together years ago in another company. He's went on to a bunch of different, uh, you know, job experiences and then came back two times with me. Hmm. That's really neat. And when you're pursuing all these ideas, how do you find time to also advise other companies? Do those come to you or do you like, how, how do those pop up? There's always a phone. I, I, these phone calls happen to me every week. You know, hmm. I know a, a great startup, you know, but the founder doesn't know how to raise capital or the founder doesn't isn't a tech person or the founder doesn't know really how to find and build a sales team, uh, whatever the, the, the challenge may be. Hmm. Um, my network, whether it be, you know, s service providers like lawyers, accountants, other investors that we've co-invested in deals hmm. or partnered on deals. Like the, there's a lot of inbound, um, 
stuff that comes away. And, and, and if I find projects out there in the wild, I'll reach out to the founders or the teams and, you know, see where I can be helpful if I like something. So, you know, I find, and I, I find today, um, you know, there's not a lot of time in a day to do all this, to do all this stuff, but if you, you know, I, I seem to find time to do this stuff and just, if it's important, you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, we can all say we're busy, but right. we can find time to, to be helpful. And that's really what I want to be. I want to be helpful. And that's, you know, as I get older, I, I, that, that seems to be a great kind of position. Hmm. And did you learn all these things from people who advised you earlier in your career? Um, I wasn't the type that had mentors and, you know, um, advisors in my companies. I learned a lot of what I, I um, bring to the market today from pure sweat and grit and getting beat up in the trenches and failing. Hmm. Um, you know, I started my first company, you know, when I was 20 and, you know, sold that and did it, you know, go grow next thing, go grow. And then you have failures and, and you have successes and you, you know, have, uh, challenges and you, have lots of different things happen and you end up just building a base of knowledge that you can't replicate through a, a school or, right. or a mentor and one mentorship. It's a, it's a, it's a life learned. And as you go through this experience of various companies, is it like from the day you build or maybe even before the day you build, is it your intent to exit or is it always your intent to hold on? It just, you got an offer you couldn't refuse. As a builder, you know, it's a great question as a builder which is what I consider myself to be. I, you know, the long, long term view and, you know, staying with the company for 40 years, it's tough to, to balance that because you want to build again. Yeah. You know, as, as I get older and what the projects I'm working on now, especially with our, our now vertical group company, I think I'm going to transition to want to be more connected to projects and, and see them through and not be focused on, you know, how to exit and start the next thing. Hmm. And I would, uh, the advice I would give to younger founders is, you know, build something great, create value for yourself, your customers, your employees, all the constituents in your business, and then find a, a find a home where it can grow and move on. If, to the next thing. If you're a builder, if you're a, hmm. you know, you're committed to the story, stick with it and see it through and make it, make it as big as you can get it. Are there certain criteria that you have in mind that you feel like I brought this project as far as I can take it, or this is as far as I want to go on this company before you go to the next one? I think what comes as well with experience is, is admitting when you you've reached the end of your capabilities, hmm. you know, and your capabilities, are critical to moving a business or anything for that matter, a relationship or, you know, to the point of success. And the point of success is the different definition for each person, each company, if we're using that context. I personally look at it as, you know, you're, you've reached a real maturity level when you can say, I'm, I'm now at the point where I can't, I'm not the best person for the job. And you're, you know, I, I have a couple of friends that have recently come to that conclusion for their companies. They've brought in outside CEOs. And I think that's a real mature, hmm. special moment for a founder. And I respect that in a big way. And I would be, you know, and, and as I mature and become, you know, 
hopefully older and wiser, I will, I will be able to make those decisions at the right time too. Earlier, you mentioning that different people have different criteria for success. Do you have a, like a definition of success you use for yourself? You know, I think in my, my world today, there's, uh, you know, I, I am the CEO of a public company. So there's, uh, some, some metrics that mm-hmm. matter, you know, your, your public markets care about your revenue and your profits mm-hmm. and your forward looking guidance. And, you know, the metrics to me though, now outside of those financial metrics are really driven by, um, Am I having fun? Is the team is the team unity there? Are we attracting great talent? Are we attracting great partners? Are we moving? Are we moving the needle? Are we are we doing notable things? You know that that's what success. Hmm. You know that's what feels like success to me. So I've checked out your website, but for the sake of our audience, can you give me a breakdown of what you're currently building at your current company? Yeah. So the now vertical group um, is a big data, data analytics consolidator. Um, so we are buying um, assets globally, uh, you know, across the spectrum of that space and bringing them together into one platform and going to market as uh, in unison to build the next kind of big scale player in the space um, in the public markets. So that is, this is probably the most exciting project because I get access to all these great startups and um you know different stage companies at different sizes different points of their evolution different you know measures of success most importantly endless and abundance amounts of great talent Hmm. and that talent then becomes part of the bigger group the bigger group mission is to go to market as a whole um which in this instance in this industry we're in um you know the 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 group together um, means much more than all of us independently. Hmm. So it's really, it's cool because, you know, we're building a federation and a federated model is really fun to be a part of. And you get so many different perspectives and personalities, especially as people are from all over the world. So what, what about this current uh, company that makes you so passionate versus the other ideas that bounce in your head? Like what makes this the top idea that's worth executing on? We've been executing on it. So it's kind of, uh, past the point of, okay. um, yeah, it's past the point of saying what, 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 what why this one versus mm-hmm. next. Cause now we're, we're yeah, yeah. deep in it. Um, the, you know, why we chose this is the market, um, there's only a handful of big names in the market that are doing the level of data, you know, big data transformation that we do um, and the companies we've bought. So there's a humongous opportunity in the, you know, in the, in the public market space to build the next, you know, you know, big guy. And we believe our model can do it. We can do it a lot faster than the incumbents who have mm-hmm. taken 20 plus years to build, you know, big stories. I also think, um, the market itself from the you know general customer market data is big and messy and now potentially dangerous for organizations Hmm. and organizations should be treating their data like any balance sheet item should be that important you know they they have checks and balances on their treasury why do you not have that on your you know your data holdings Hmm. and we we believe we're in the first inning of the of the of the opportunity so with that in mind, that's why I think this is so significant. Hmm. 
do you do you find that the 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 if I hear you correctly, your strategy is to bring a lot of different teams together that are already working the same problem, build a united platform, and then offer that as a like best piece of variety of different components to build a better sum. Do you find challenges in like merging all these teams together? Because a lot of these people may not have, I guess, working relationships that work well with larger groups or with different people. Mm-hmm. We we definitely do. Um, personalities, um, uh, terial, territorialism, there's, you know, lots of different issues, but I think pe- people only sell to us or join the group because they believe in the federated mission, because they believe the group is going to have a better outcome than us, any of us doing it independently. Hmm. Some people, the deals don't get done because they feel better or they have a better shot at doing it without that issue. Right. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a, designed for a certain a certain type of group of people at a certain time in their lives and a certain point in their their enterprise um so it's not for everybody but we find challenges however we've got a team internally we've got our own in-house legal our own in-house corporate development we've got our own in-house technology we've got a unique uh, organizational structure that makes it a lot easier to see how they fit in they can maintain their autonomy, but they get benefit of the group asset. So that's that's how we sell it, and it seems to it seems to go over very well. When you're looking for a variety of opportunities to bring into the fold, what are some of the things you look for that you make that makes you think a certain group or opportunity is a good fit, either for technology or for the people? T- team team first. Okay. The, the, you know, the, the, our company is being built and the management of our company is being built from the teams that we're acquiring through the acquisition process. Second is great customer, customer relationships, um, because we do software and services. So we're, you know, we, we look at the, the, the profile of users who use either the tech or using the services. Then the tech, will the tech integrate or be future in, in a future basis, in, you know, able to integrate into our platform so that our, our tech, um, our tech offering expands and becomes, you know, more valuable to our customer base. Mm. Fourth would be synergies. Are there synergies between one company's technology or service offering to the rest of the group's offering? So, you know, one plus one equals seven right. in terms of what we can sell to a customer. And we, we see the benefit of that's already in, in place. So, What's the what's the process look like, or how long does it take for a company that says like yes, you want to join your company to them being fully integrated and fully, or at least moderately productive as a unified group? Yeah, mo- moderately productive. We're we're able to pull this off now in six to eight weeks. Okay. Um, you know, from you know getting the deal done, getting everyone aligned, getting everyone understood how they fit in the organization. Um, bigger deals, it's going to probably be, I'd say that's a 60, 90 day process. Mm-hmm. And then big, big companies that we're looking at they're you know, they may be fully integrated, but we're open. Like we're, we're, we're open to, to what works best for that business to, to, for us to derive value. Earlier, you're mentioning something that motivates you is being helpful. Um, was that always something like, was that always your mission just to be helpful? Or is that something you discovered like along the way? No, no. When you're young, you're selfish and you're, you're, you know, I remember my first, (laughs) yeah, I remember my, I remember my first business. It was, you know, it, it, it was, uh, you, you kind of feel like you, you know, 
you eat what you kill and you got to go out. It's a sales mindset. There's nothing that can stop you in your way. And, you know, in your twenties, hmm. there is nothing that would have stopped me to like my first business, which I was, I was able to sell. There was nothing that was going to stop me on making that successful hmm. as you get older and you got to deal with more, um, you know, larger teams, larger risk, you know, bringing investors into your, you know, your company, you start to change the dynamics a bit. It's, and those are, you know, there's a lot more failure points. So there's a lot more risk and there's a lot more things you can do right or wrong. Hmm. Um, today you evolve, you learn from those things. And today it's, it's, you know, you, you have to have a more helpful mindset. You have to be, you know, you have to give back to the community, your team, your family, whatever the, the, you know, your, you know, the world you're playing in, you have to be, you know, giving mindset if you want to, if you, if you want to have good outcomes and it unfortunately takes some people a long time to learn that. Do you struggle to find the balance between leading now vertical advising and being a uh, good family man? Cause that sounds like a, a lot more than what most people can handle. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a big struggle. Even the work from home thing that COVID and the work from home thing has, has dramatically changed a lot of people's home lives. So you're home now, hmm. your kids have been home. Now my kids are back at school. Um, you know, I have a lot of activities I do with my children. So those are priorities, but it's, you know, it's a struggle to, to make everything happen. So it is a very difficult balance. You like anything though, you have to you have to prioritize and, and make that make that happen, hmm. like any meeting in your calendar. Right. You know, I think the people who are successful at that make family time or their free time or their you know um, physical activity or whatever they do a priority in their calendar and execute it. Hmm. I like that. And yeah, uh, those that that those are what I see the successful people I look up to. That's how they live their lives. I noticed that when I talk to a bunch of people on the show, I think there's something that all of them have is like a different superpower, something that they feel like sets them apart from other people, something that is easy for them that is challenging for most other people. What would you say your superpower is as the CEO? That is a very good and hard question because, you know, I think to be a good CEO, you need a, you need a few superpowers. And I think number one is, thick skin. You need to be able to definitely you know, put your, put yourself out here and, you know, have these conversations and have people comment and say, you know, my, my superpower is I, if I have any, I, I am very passionate about the, the stories and the projects I'm involved in. And, mm. and I focus on um, telling that story in a way that is easy to understand and, and accessible to, to all constituents, anybody. And that is a very important skill that a lot of young founders don't have naturally, cause you're mm -hmm. not really born a, a natural storyteller. Um, it's a very important skill, whether you're talking to a customer, you're talking to somebody you want to hire on your team, you have to, to be passionate and inspiring so that people want to join your mission and I believe that I've uh, through through learned process, um, I, I do a very good job with that. For the leaders within your company, what are some of the traits you look for that you think make them a good fit for that role? Every you know we we need a varied 
skill set on, on my team with the type of business we're in. And luckily with our model, we get all different types of people, all different walks of life, um, very successful multi-stage founders. We get new founders that are now this will be their first exit. Mm-hmm. I want passion. I want um, care and consideration. I want um, motivation and a hard driving work ethic. Um, everybody that's in, you know, in the team right now or on the team right now has those traits and you don't need to question one's commitment mm-hmm. or loyalty. They're there, they're here, they're pros. They could be anywhere they want and they're here. So that's enough. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you build out your team, was it always your intent to acquire and bring into the fold multiple companies? Or did you start off wanting to tackle this problem directly yourself and then realize it made more sense to work with others? Yeah, it's, it's always this, this particular project, the intent has always been to do a focused roll up in the space, um, just through, you know, and, and why, as I said, we had exposure to the first company that we acquired in terms of, uh, you know, watching their evolution. And we were very interested in the market. Hmm. We were able to learn through, you know, partnering and osmosis, like why this is a good market. And, um, that really motivated the pro the, the, the go forward process here. Um, but that quickly moved into, this isn't a one and done thing. There aren't, there, there isn't another federated approach here. It's, you know, the competitive, competitive set are all a bunch of VC backed old school tech stories from Silicon Valley. You know, there isn't a, there isn't a name that's just building and acquiring the, you know, the small mid-size guys. Mm-hmm. And the small mid-sized guys are where the best talent is because they're all mm. X these companies that have said, I don't want to do this. I'm right. going to build my own thing. How did you find your first customers or did you like work on expanding the customers of the companies you acquired from the very beginning? This business is all about expanding what we've acquired. Okay. I see. I see. So, yeah. So right now the sales teams are all in the organizations that we acquire. Um, so they bring, you know, and again, that, the, 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 the now vertical job is to take a customer in one of our units and can we sell the other stuff to that customer? I see. And the, the success of these entities really, I, I think the metric is, is that idea coming to life. Hmm. So beyond the, I guess the more obvious, like cross-selling opportunities, what are the other synergies that you feel are intuitive to you such that one plus one equals seven? You know, there's, you know, we're, we're, we're really not focused on cutting staff unnecessarily or mm-hmm. finding cost savings, but every organization we acquire has overlapping um, capability. The mm-hmm. good news for the overlapping capability is the, the top company, now Vertical, doesn't really have expanded teams. So we build the teams from the teams mm-hmm. there. So we really don't have to, you know, we really don't have to focus on cuts, which in a lot of these models consolidation models, there's like a lot of cost synergy right. work and things right. that happen out of the gates. We're able to build still. In the future, things may change. You know, we we really do want our our companies to be fiscally responsible. We want them to care about profits and building long enduring organ you know, sales driven organizations. So there are some things that matter that need to be addressed and worked on. Cost, you know, outside of cost, one big area of synergy that we've done that is unique is our technology synergies. So how, the, the simple way is amalgamating everything to 
um, group level resources, one AWS instance, one mm -hmm. Azure instance, et cetera. But there's also how we go to market. What's cool about our model is we've brought technology to the core of now vertical and then make it available to all the entities. Hmm. So we don't have every entity with their own technology teams doing their own thing. So we're able to share the cost into one, you know, one group dev shop, one group innovation team. So the savings there and the efficiencies created there and then the cross-selling benefit is, is immediate. So when you take all these teams and put them together and you take all these technologies and put them together, what would you say your 10-year vision for your company is? The most robust, comprehensive data, big data, AI, ML platform that's in market. Okay. Better tools, better, you know, better, you know, solutions against use cases than our competitive set. Our competitive set is going to be hamstrung by their ability, unless they change their model, um, to build through their own innovation layers because they got to go materialize value in the current products they have. Similar to what IBM's done. IBM is a good example, though, at their stage in their, their history where they've built these industry-oriented um, offerings through acquisition too. Hmm. So, you know, I believe we can be the next big enduring software company, large cap, um, you know, sort that's built very quickly. Hmm. Okay. And uh, the last question I have for you is what's something you've learned in the past few years that you wish you learned a long, long time ago? Well, you know, I think in personal and business, um, just listen better. Hmm. Be a better listener. You know, we all want to jump on a point. We all want to jump and be the smartest person in the room. You have to be a listener. When you, when you think about listening, what are some skills in listening that you feel like are useful things that even early stage entrepreneurs can apply? Well, I think, you know, the smartest people I interact with who are, who are also great listeners, they listen, they are deliberately listening, they're waiting. And then at the end of the interaction, they, they have such great questions that will make, even if it's an argument, it's an argument, the question will, you know, be something like, you know, well, what's the evidence you have to substantiate or, or a better one is if I have evidence against, you know, your argument, would you believe the same thing? You know, you know, a question like that. And that that's really a tough throws, question. That's a good of, question. Yeah. You know, it throws people off. Mm. The, someone did that, said that to me once. And I was like, no, that's a great question. You know, it's a really great question that I, you know, you kind of get caught off guard. And I think the smartest people who accomplish the most in a interpersonal, um, interpersonal relationship um, are able to kind of think like that. And I'm really working on trying to be a more, you know, methodical listener and trying really hard to do it. It's not easy. What would you say the baby steps of becoming a better listener? Like, what are some of the action items that someone can take to become a better listener? I feel like communication is king is like one of those very common tropes, but how does one apply it in their day-to-day -day life, either as an entrepreneur or as not as an entrepreneur? I asked an individual once who I consider to be one of the smartest people who listens, you know, in a very amazing way. It's like a meditative state they go into. It really, they, they sit in these meetings and they sort of like, they, they look like they're zoned out. <laughs> they're not, their facial expression is neutral. 
So you don't know if they're into it, they're against it, but they're sitting there listening. Um, sometimes I saw, you know, smart people that, uh, you know, I, I recognize as smart, at least like are, are, you know, taking interesting notes or mind mapping mm. things, but you know, this Zen meditative state allows them to absorb the information. Most information coming in a, you know, in a communication stream, especially in a work context is, you know, it's, it's kind of bullshit, you know, a lot of it, they're able to kind of decipher that and then get to the root of the point. And we, you know, we, as people drone on a lot to get, you know, some of us don't get to the point. So that meditative state, they absorb more, they're able to, you know, decipher more, get to the point, move, move to, you know, a conclusion, get on with it. I respect that. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, well, thanks for your time, Darren. I've enjoyed your insights as a uh, serial entrepreneur. I just want to give you an opportunity for those who are in the crowd and just interested in following you along your journey with the best way for them to reach out to you or follow you personally. Um, yeah, thanks. My, my, uh, personal website's Darren Trousdell.com D A R E N T R O U S D E L L.com. My Twitter as well is, uh, at D Trous D T R O U S. Um, and that's the, the best way to get at me. Sounds good. And we'll make sure to have those links on the landing page so they don't need to manually peck at their keyboards. Um, well, thanks again for your time, <laughs> awesome. Darren. This has been great. Thanks, David. Appreciate it.